0: 2020 y'all, I gotta give a special shout out to my Capricorns out there. I'm a Capricorn myself, January 4th, thank you, thank you. I just want you to know for anybody out there who has Capricorn friends, you are a very lucky person because Capricorns are known to be the most loyal on the astrology chart, we're most organized, that's kind of bullshit because I'm not organized, but I am with my assistant. And um, they're just super dutiful and goal-oriented. So I feel like we get shit done around this world. So thank you to all the Capricorns out there for making this world a better place. Happy birthday to all my Capricorns. And thank you for tuning in to Listen, Hanai. I feel like I've missed you guys. Um, I hope everybody's having a great year start. Joining me today is my loyal and beautiful baby brother, Dennis. How are you doing? Hello. I'm... I got, like, a flu or something like that, so my throat. I might try not to cough and stuff. Well, like, let's be honest. Sorry. Dennis yeah. is deciding on whether or not it's a flu because for my birthday, we went to? Jamaica. Jamaica, <laughs> In Miami. We did go to Jamaica, and Dennis, you got bit 30 times by a mosquito, and he's deciding now it's if he has- t- 22, I counted. A single <sighs> mosquito. And yeah. he's deciding if he has malaria or the flu that's just, like, a basic flu from traveling. Yeah. How yeah. are we going to figure this out? Um, when I die. If you okay. start bleeding from like your yeah.
1: orifices, I feel like that's, uh, like a, sign. <laughs> that's like a sign. That's a good So if you're
2: not there yet, you're still
0: doing okay. <laughs> yeah. yes. Okay, well stick around for three, 33 more minutes because then you can finish this podcast okay. with me. All right, so... Love is in the air. Obviously, me being in a relationship and also a lot of my girlfriends here in Los Angeles struggling with that struggle relationship. And I think also kicking off the new year with a lot of my sisters out there deciding on whether or not they should be in a relationship, whether or not they are equipped for a relationship. I decided to base this podcast around dating and somebody who's experienced in it. So welcome to my podcast, Kendall Long, who is very popularly known from The Bachelor series. She was a contestant on The Bachelor, also in The Bachelor in Paradise, and now she has her own awesome podcast called Down to Date, which is all about dating. Hi, Kendall. Hello there. How, How are you doing, honey? I am good. I am good. All the dating things. I know. <laughs> so I love that we get to talk about this openly because I think we all know that Los Angeles is one of, is known to be one of the most difficult cities to date in. Do you agree with this? I do agree. I think there's a lot of shiny things,
1: but not a lot of like commitment to like having a relationship.
0: Is that coming from you, or is that coming from the other person you're trying to date?
1: It could be coming from. Um, it's difficult. I, I feel like I've been. That's in a that real si- question, huh? I've been in the situation where I felt like um, I didn't want to put as much work into a relationship because maybe there was something better for me, and then I've also been in the situation where the other person might have felt that way. So. With, like, dating apps and with certain things, I feel like there's a short attention span when it comes to dating. Yeah. And it actually did take after being on a show like The Bachelor to slow relationships down and to kind of really see what commitment and what, like, taking the leap of faith, like, really... Feels like
0: totally, yeah. And in this room right here, we are in four different stages of relationships. Ooh. Actually, Dennis, my brother, being single, yes, maybe right. interested <laughs> in dating or not so interested right now. Yeah, interested in dating. Well, Open not? to dating. Watch no. out, okay. ladies. Okay, here we go. Yeah, I have been in a one-year relationship, okay. very serious and exclusive. Mm-hmm. You have been in a year and a half. I would say it's almost yeah,
1: like about a year and a couple month month relationship. It's the longest relationship I've ever been in. So to me, it's very
0: serious, yes. Okay, we'll yeah. circle back to that. Marav, where are you in life? We're about we're about four months in. You see that baby oh, voice? Oh, that's the best. That's the voice that's like, is it real, is it not real, is it gonna last? <laughs> it's real. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so when it comes to dating, Kendall, you just said that this is the longest you've been in. Yes. What has made this last differently for you? I think I have a different perspective on
1: relationships now. I think initially I was... I feel like I would just give up so easily because I was like, oh, it's supposed to be always simple. Whenever there's like the first fight, then why would you want to continue it? Um, It's just easier to let go and to move on. And so this is the first relationship where I've actually we've come over like big humps in the relationship and came back stronger. And I've actually wanted to put the work in that it that it takes to have a relationship.
0: Super cool. Yeah,
1: cuz people say like relationships take work and I never really thought about it and now that I've been in like I'm like oh a year and a half like a really long relationship but um now that it's been like a longer relationship I see what they mean by oh like you have to really put in
0: work. Okay, and tell us a little bit about Joe for people who have either watched The Bachelor or people who don't know.
1: So, Joe was on Becca's season of The Bachelor and he actually got eliminated night 1. So, why? I don't. I think he was just so nervous, ah. and this is why I love him because I love like that he's like nervous and like a little, you know, like not all together all the
0: time, just yeah, genuine.
1: Exactly, extremely genuine, extremely yeah. just a hundred percent Joe. Um, and then when I met him on Paradise, um, we met on two seasons ago of Paradise, and we just hit it off like humor wise, and we had a little bit of bumps on Paradise, but now we're you know we ha- live together and we have a currently have a weenie dog together. I did so. see on Twitter
0: that you just adopted a dog that came from Korea.
1: Yes. Really yes, cool. Yeah. Super cool. What's the dog's name? A pistachio.
0: Pistachio. A little Adorable. Little
1: pistachio. How do you say that in Korean? <laughs> I have no idea. I'm like, how do you say pistachio
0: in Korean? <laughs> I know how to say two things in Korean. Yo paseo, which is a hello. I think the second one is ochingobukum, which is the most amazing squid dish ever. Ooh. If you go to a restaurant, see, I should try
1: speaking that to the Pistachio and see if he like perks up. Yeah, he <laughs> might just <laughs> respond
0: to you. I've, I've tried Google
1: Translate. I've like I've tried saying things like "go potty," like or treat," or "come here," like in Korean to yeah. see if he'd like he and he doesn't respond Not to it.
0: No, he's just like no.
1: <laughs> that. Life's behind me, you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so I read, and I know that very all too well that you don't believe everything you read. But I read that. You and Joe were on The Bachelor, you guys kind of kikied, and then you told Joe, tell me which part is not true. Okay. Okay. You told Joe that you weren't you weren't actually into it and you weren't as interested. And you guys left the scene. Yeah. But then later on, you changed your mind and realized you really wanted Joe. So you chased him and flew to Chicago. Flew to Chicago. Yeah. And said something to him, which I'm about to find out, because <laughs> it sounds like this story is true. Yeah. And then you guys have been together since. Yes. Tell me everything that happened in that moment. Like, what made you not interested? And then all of a sudden, what made you interested? And then what did you say to him?
1: I I mean, I wouldn't say I wasn't interested. I think what happened on Paradise is that Paradise is like this really cool beach, like, paradise. Where it's easy to fall in love. It's easy to see the person every day. You don't have to worry about money. You don't have to worry about really anything it's like a little you know oasis. it's not real life it's not real life right and so joe and i he lives in chicago lived in chicago i lived in los angeles complete opposite sides of the country i'm an extreme realist and i'm like both him and i both had conversations while we were on paradise that were like can this actually sustain itself after this are we going to do long distance and go back and forth because neither of us have ever really had like a really long-term relationship and we've never had long-distance relationships so my brain, my logical brain, was really fighting me on that one. And at the end of Paradise, it did win over. And um, I think he was, I don't think he was super shocked about it. I think he kind of understood why. Um, but then after Paradise, in my mind, I was thinking, like, I, I don't really want to say goodbye. And I don't think it's over. I just have to go to Chicago just to see what it's like in the real world without This cameras. is very romantic. This is a yeah. movie scene,
0: though. <laughs> yeah. Because I always think a good love story has to take place with an airport yes involved, like. very
1: true so, and i was going to fly there as soon as paradise ended they were saying oh where do you want us to bring your plane ticket and i was like oh chicago and i was like that's weird i don't have his phone number i don't know uh, where he lives i don't know <gasps> how to contact this guy no this is not real well he never had instagram so he got instagram when the show started and so he never knew like what dms were and he different you know i was like i can't get down at a dm like i'm be- you know i just can't do that and so um i tried to sneak him a letter with my phone number like at the end and he didn't end up getting it because it's against like the rules of bachelor to like you know
0: personal like yeah, messages to, and stuff yeah
1: your phone number and stuff so i thought he got it he didn't get it and so i was wondering why he wasn't calling me and then like three days after me like constantly crying and freaking out about it <gasps> oh. uh he like had dm'd me and said like oh you better answer back and i was like but didn't you get that letter like why aren't you texting me and i found out All this stuff I found out. That's fate. Yeah. So I flew over to just see what was going on. And um, we kind of dated a bit. Didn't really solidify it until the reunion. We're like, why not just give it a try? And then he got Dancing with the Stars. And so he was living in LA for three months. So we had more time to like really solidify it. And so now we live together and have a weenie.
0: Okay, (laughs) that just was definitely a turn of events at the end.
2: Actually the truest romance. Yeah, Yeah,
1: is the weenie. It all ends with the weenie.
0: (laughs) I love weenie. Yeah, weenie's great. (laughs) Wow, that's really romantic. Women pursuing men, I just wanna ask this. Mm -hmm. Do guys like that? Yeah, I don't care, I'm lazy. Yeah, guys like that, right? Is it, are we setting it up on the right foot if the woman pursues the man, just I'm generally asking. Yeah, I think
1: if it's the right person, no matter how it happens, I think it's welcome. Yeah, you know, I think if you're feeling someone and they pursue it, you're like, well, I was feeling you anyway. But um, I don't think there's anything wrong with being the aggressor in something. I mean, you're definitely putting your neck out there, which is really freaky. Yeah, I didn't know if I was going to be embarrassed in front of, you know, millions of people or not. But and it ended up working out. And I'm glad I took the risk.
0: I think I agree with you. But because I like being pursued and I do like the role of a man making decisions in the relationship, leading, I, I, there's this, I don't know if it's an actual scripture, but it says that the woman, the man is the head while the woman is the neck. So the woman kind of helps direct and nod towards where things should go. And the man takes lead and makes that happen. I would pursue the man, but then I would. Make a very clear step back to see his next move so that he doesn't get comfortable with me making all the decisions. Because the turnoff for me would be that be me being the aggressor. Yeah. I don't want to be on top. I want to be on bottom.
1: I mean, I agree. I mean, I can I can relate to that. I think that's something like I like having someone that and Joe does very much have like a strong like lead leading sort of we kind of are equal. I'll say that. But um, he definitely does have like a leading role in our relationship. Right. And it took like, of course, like I was because I felt like I was the one that broke up. I wanted to make like an effort to show like I did. I do care and that I want something to happen. Um, and that gave him confidence yes. to then
0: do what Joe would do.
1: Yes, because he wouldn't. I don't think after we broke up on, broke up on the beach, I don't think he would have flown back to L.A. You know, no. because it,
2: he was probably hurt and yeah. humiliated, and didn't want to embarrass himself again. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And but what I really like about what you just said is like the show Bachelor in Paradise is all about right creating a romantic atmosphere to create yeah what people want to see yeah, yeah so people can fall in love and you actually made that part happen off the cam like off of the camera. To be yeah. really honest,
0: what Kendall did is what I would want to watch because. No Shade Bachelor series, but we know that that's reality TV. We know the lighting to every angle Mm -hmm. is perfectly camera shot. So what you actually did is very Sleepless in Seattle to me. It's like very, it's very the romantic movie.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it does feel like a romantic movie, and it's pretty crazy to think that we met in that way. It almost seems just like years ago. Yeah. You know, it's like that wasn't even a part of our story, but... um, yeah, it's a. Uh, it was. I. I think it was good to spark the interest in that setting because we talk about all the time as if we had met off of the show. Would it necessarily have worked out? And it. We. It might not have. Right. You know, we really had. We had no technology, no contact with the outside world. We just had each other in like a group of friends, like yeah. on a beach, and it really like allowed like a seed to grow that maybe nur- normally wouldn't have been nourished in the same way yeah. in the real world. So well, and it's what brought you together. Yes. Like, yeah. So no matter oh, yeah. what, you wouldn't so trade it, right? When would we ever come together? Like, two people on the opposite sides of the country. Like, it's pretty crazy. Yeah.
0: And your podcast, Down to Date, is essentially you matching two complete strangers, bringing them into the podcast room, so it's you three sitting together, yeah. and you give them the space to start asking each other first date questions or kind of interview questions, and then... Are they forced to go out on a date after that? Like, what happens? What is the goal of down-to-date? It's a, it's a
1: basically a first date, and I'm the third wheel. So I've really mastered the third wheel position, like, after this podcast. Um, but it's interesting. I feel like the one thing I wanted to do is I wanted to facilitate facilitate a first date where the questions are that are asked allow you to get really, like, in depth with somebody as opposed to like the surface level questions that most first dates seem to be filled with. Totally! Yeah. Yes! And so I want people to see a different side of the person that's with them and whether it's platonic or whether it's romantic, I mean, that's completely up to, you know, whoever's there. But it's really interesting to observe two complete strangers like find commonality in like these weird questions, like these weird ways of getting to know each other.
0: I'm so glad that you introduced that aspect because I've said so many times on this show that it's all about the type of questions you ask and the vulnerability Mm -hmm. that is displayed in these questions. Oh, true. So I want to break down, especially since all four of us are in different stages of our relationship, exactly how you go about fostering these questions and where you see it go great and where you see it go batshit wrong. Oh, yeah. Coming up (laughs) after the break. Stay tuned. Okay, coming back, listen, honey, we are in a hot topic right now to kick off 2020 about dating. I think there's so many more singles out there than there need to be, and it seems like there's a bunch of invisible walls in the way, whether it's yourself or the other person or a lot of stigma that's surrounding it. So thank you, Kendall Long, for being here um, to talk to us about your podcast, Down to Date, and what you've learned, not only in your relationship with Joe, but also on your show where you set up these first dates. So you were just explaining that you're kind of like the third will or in the bay we call it the third nut. (laughs) And in each of your podcasts where you set up two strangers to go and talk to each other, what do you do as the third nut to kind of help usher the date along?
1: I feel like the the important thing in – Being like the third wheel or the third nut is not allowing people to get away with like basic level answers. Totally, you know. I think the questions there either you run with the question or you're too afraid to answer it and you shy away from it. And I think I'm there to push it a little bit further, like ask why or to kind of feed off of the answers that people have. So I think in that way it helps like really bring out more in the daters. And you know, hey, I'm learning. I'm learning how to pair people up. And uh, it's it's funny because I feel like um. The person you think you're supposed to be with is never the person you end up being with.
2: Totally. You know? Yeah. Can I actually ask you what's one of the questions that you ask
1: people? Like, Ooh, uh, so there's a lot. But yeah. one of my favorite questions is at what age do you learn the most about yourself in your life? That's a question Ooh, I've
0: because, never heard. And yeah. it lets them get insightful yeah. with a nice personal experience to back mm-hmm. it.
1: Exactly. And then you see like what really made the person who they are. Like what certain moments in their life allowed them to kind of like have, maybe they had like an eye-opening moment or it usually tr- um translates to like a really significant time in their life so Absolutely. i love asking that question
0: and how do you know playing third nut when you are helping too much so that say date two day three that person isn't as sparkly without your help. Do you know what I mean? Well, it's and so true. And now that other person's stuck with the chump. I'm just kidding. But. <laughs>
1: no, but honestly, it's, it's true. I mean, it's, it's interesting. You don't want to help too much. It's like a balance. So it's like a balance of me like putting myself in there so I get a lot more out of them for each other. But I don't want to distract too much where it's like I'm basically talking the entire time. So I've I've been learning that you kind of like throw out a net or you throw out like a rod and see who takes it and you let them go with it you know okay and then I help and there's so many different kinds of people there's people that can talk your ear off and like talk forever and like one questions the entire podcast or there's certain people that like you can ask like a hundred questions in one podcast and it would still not be an hour you know okay. so tell us a stellar
0: situation and then tell us like the worst couple that you ever tried pairing up
1: Hmm. you know it's so funny there's this one couple that I paired up that um, well first I'll go to the one that maybe wasn't so great and okay. I'll end on a high note um, <laughs> so the first couple there <laughs> were two people <laughs> that I met well I met them individually and they're very like charismatic they seemed like they were very talkative and then you put them in front of a camera and people's personalities changed just totally. like, so much it's very so
0: weird. yeah. So in wait, my, my... Wait, wait when you match them up did you mm-hmm. do any background did you like look at bios do two people both people love a certain type of music like are you you looking for anything I'm that's looking similar? For,
1: yeah, I mean, I'm definitely looking for things like uh, to see if they would be interested in each other. Maybe I'll look and see if they have similar interests. But mainly, I kind of like throwing people together that I that wouldn't really be expected to go together. I I try not to overthink the matching process. Okay. You know, and sometimes I think it's kind of cool if there's some like polar opposite personalities that are matched together and I, I kind of like to see where that goes, where the conversation goes and if they can find commonality. But there really has to be, in every single couple, there has to be one person who's a pusher and one person, at least one person who can like actually like who wants to continue the conversation or who challenges the other person because... Top and a
0: bottom. Yes,
1: there has to be a top and a bottom because if they're both bottoms, then I'm the one that's fucked. talking. Sorry. It's yeah. <laughs> so true, though, because
0: I'm the one that's talking the whole time, and if they're both tops, it's like a competition. In the goal of dating, I've always said that it's better to just be super upfront and honest whether or not you want to have kids, whether or not you mm-hmm. want to get married, whether or not you're capable of being in an exclusive relationship. Yeah. What things you don't like? What's weird about you? Like, I think these things are so good. Yeah. And it makes people more interesting when they own who they are.
1: Yes. I learned that from the actually being on the show, um, ba- The Bachelor, because- How so? Because I feel like you, I lived my entire dating life being afraid of asking like the committal questions or asking like the next step questions, like the serious questions. And I found the more vulnerable I was, the more strength I found in the vulnerability. So moving forward after that experience, it kind of just teaches you that like you might as well just express what you really want as opposed to trying to hide it and play it cool you know like i, I don't want to play it cool anymore with relationships i i want genuine like connection yes. And it starts with vulnerability
0: and i want to add to what you just said one of the hardest questions i find women don't know how to ask is the what are we question mm. you've been dating for a few months or a few weeks You guys are doing cool, spending time together things, whether it's meeting family, friends, going to weddings together, whatever. Sleeping over at each other's houses, a toothbrush is left, whatever. But it hasn't been established what you are. Mm -hmm. I find the more important question of that is what do you want? Yeah, Because a lot of women will work so hard to muster up the balls to be able to ask the question, but they haven't decided what they want. Mm -hmm. So when you ask that, you kind of set the guy up to decide what it's going to be. Oh, we're just friends. We're just kind of hanging out. Let's see how this goes. Or I want to be in a serious relationship. Mm-hmm. When really you should figure out if you want to be in a relationship or if you don't want to and already decide which answer is going to be okay for you. Yeah. Because then it's not a game either because right.
2: so much of well and the like it's basically a game if you're not getting if you're not being straight up because a woman or a man may be asking that question just so that they can hear the other person wants to be in the we relationship. Yes. Yes. yes, even if so you don't want it yourself. Putting all the weight in the other person, Right, and then For it's sure. like, well, I have the power now because I know you want me, even yes. if I don't
0: know I want you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you didn't tell us the outcome of the great date setup and then the bad one.
1: Oh, oh okay. First, first one that didn't go as well was two people who were... In person, very charismatic, but when you put them in front of a camera, extremely shy. And I thought they would really hit it off. I really did, but they never even exposed enough of their personalities to really kind of go for that second date. You know, even though I feel like maybe there would be an initial reaction, like initial connection.
0: Um, and but that, Kendall, that's when you pretend to turn off the camera, but you yeah. secretly leave it on, so and that they like, just leave the room. <laughs> so they just in their mind think that it's off and they can be their damn selves. And yeah. you still get the footage.
1: Well, then I, well, at the end of the podcast, you say if you were down today or not. They both said they were down. And then I always give them a chance to walk out together, you know, and the parking <laughs> lot, exchange numbers, go for it. Um, but I guess it was just kind of fell flat. Hmm. Yeah. You know what?
2: It's funny that you say that they were both charismatic and that's why you put them together. And then they both were here in the room and they were like, Ugh. And it <laughs> makes me think that like char- charisma can be a defense mechanism, really. Yeah. So no, true. Because you're not willing to get vulnerable there with the person because you're sort of working off of this surface charm. Mm. And like how that can really just be a way of not getting deep super interesting and mm-hmm. when you ask
1: those questions it's like oh man these questions are real right. i'm gonna freeze up i'm not exposing myself right. definitely
2: and get uncomfortable and then they
1: feel insecure yep so
0: okay tell Very us true. about the awesome outcome
1: awesome outcome I, there's been so many people who i've been so surprised with how vulnerable that they are because I know it's hard. <laughs> it's hard to know that people are watching you and people are listening and judging. Um, yes. And, you know, regardless of the outcome, I feel like some people have really laid it out there and expressed like hardships in their life, like deaths in their life. It's admirable to see them like expressing yeah. that. There's this one couple I paired together and they said they were down to date, but I don't know if they continued dating afterwards. But just the humor was there. And I think for me, I always look at Humor being so important in a relationship. Totally. That really drives my relationship home is our humor together.
0: Because at the end of the day, after the tough situations in life, whether they be life, death, really bad arguments, financial situations, the only thing that's going to save you is humor. Oh, yeah. It's not going to be sex because sex needs the traction and the turn on to even go and have that. Yeah. Which is why it is important on a first date to go ahead and put your foot out there with whatever you think is funny, just make the commentary. Because if it latches, you'll see if the humor is is like-minded. And even if it isn't like-minded, you'll teach that person how your humor is. Like, have you ever met somebody and they say something super dry and dark and you're like, fuck. But then you get it. You, you get where they're coming from. So now you read everything on that level and then it becomes really funny. Mm-hmm. Like, I love that Ricky Gervais on the Golden Globes came out straight mm-hmm. out in the first eight minutes of his monologue and was like, Get over it, you lazy fucks. It's fucking Hollywood. None of this shit's real. Get over yourself. I'm about to fucking poke you in the ribs a little bit and we're all gonna just drive home in our nice cars and get over it, you know? (laughs) like It really Mm -hmm. was just that. So Mm -hmm. then after that, you're not gonna take him so seriously at the end or you're the one with the pent-up like Mm -hmm. problem. You know what I mean?
1: I think it lowers defenses as well.
0: Okay, for all of our first daters out there or people who need to determine how they are in the dating realm, what are some of the questions you have in your back pocket to Ooh. help foster the conversation?
1: So what Joe and I used to do in the beginning of our relationship to get to know each other a little bit more is we would just ask like outlandish questions back and forth during like dinner or lunch or something. So I would say just just things I would th- just to kind of figure out how his mind worked. I'd say, OK, so if there was an alien gun that somehow landed into Earth and you were allowed to blow up one item a hundred times its size what would you choose and why wait shut up did you really just come up with that no that's like one of our questions we had
0: and we literally talked about it for days wait that's great wait it was so awesome because fuck the question i saw (laughs) you cute yeah you looked so cute and endearing in that question yeah
1: it shows a lot of personality, like based on like what you're curious about, right? I think you're imaginative so,
2: too. Yeah. yeah,
1: I think it's important to have a because then, like, I always connect with cu- creative minds or people who can like get a little bit weird and like have funny and poke fun at answers and like have like this fantastical like idea of like a mo- maybe a, like a movie scene or something. Yeah. So I'll also ask like in a zombie apocalypse, if it happened right now, what would you do? Like just literally right now, and like I have a zombie apocalypse plan. It's like in the back of my pocket. But you, you know, also have a
0: very sci fi imagination.
1: Yeah, I am very sci fi oriented. Got I love it. like Star Trek. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, then you'd know, you know, dating me is like you're going to have like a little
0: bit of a sci fi nerd that that's part of it, you know? So. Wait, my fam out there, listen to what Kendall's saying because in just those two questions, I got more about Kendall than I did about the questions. You got that she she has a whimsical imagination. She loves sci fi. There's a little bit of like a little bit of a, a dude in you too. Yeah, in I'm a California
1: that, girl for sure. Yes. yes. <laughs> yes
0: we're all kinda tomboys. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> tomboys. That's yeah. what it is. And um, you're brave to just kind of you know, ask a question that could make you look a little crazy.
1: Yeah. I mean <laughs> it's funny, that's what I was known for, as being kinda like the crazy right? person on my season, so <laughs> I embrace it. I love that.
0: Mm-hmm. Now yep, that yeah. I think about it, um, I love deep, provocative questions. So I notice that whether I'm at a party or a networking thing where I have to talk to people and I hate the questions of like, what brings you here? or How long have you lived in L.A.? Or on a first date, it would be, you know, when was your last relationship? Like, it tells me nothing about the other person. So this is very... A very basic tip is to just ask the type of questions that genuinely interest you, or like for you, because it was sci-fi. You know, know? like
1: why not? And the answer I think shows so much more. Just as the question shows a lot about me, the answer shows a lot about the person. So if I asked like the alien space gun question. Um, maybe someone would like think of the logical answer. They'd say, "Oh, I'd, of course, like a golden bar, because I'd make a bunch of money, or like a diamond." Or then there's a person who's like, "Well, maybe I would like grow like a avocado seed, and make like giant avocado farm, and then I would live off of that." And or maybe I'd have like the biggest hamster in the world, and I'd like you know. I mean, there's just like a bunch of so many yeah. different answers that kind of show who the person is. And one person
2: yeah. goes, "This is
0: a stupid question." You say, "I'm leaving the room." Yeah, this yes. date
1: is now over. Yes, <laughs> yes. absolutely. <laughs> right. Yeah.
0: What do you think is the worst thing to do in a first date?
1: You know, like there's the person that you feel like you should be and the person that you actually are. And I feel like showing fronting with the person that you feel like you should be is the biggest mistake.
0: Yes. Yeah. I always say, own you before they do. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is obviously own your truths, own who you are, the dorky sides, the setbacks. If you're divorced, talk about it. Um, Not obsessively, but put these things out there. Because the second somebody else calls you out on something, like I called out you're a kind of a sci-fi geek. If you were insecure about that and I said that, you would kind of shy down and be like, oh, God, why is that, that a bad thing? And mm-hmm. then it makes it awkward. Yeah. And then it shows your insecurity, which is never sexy. But if you're like, yeah, I am. I am kind of weird well, like run that. run towards
1: your passions always. Yes. Yeah. I've, I've learned that. I mean, of course, I've gotten chastised for, like, passions that I've had in the past. I collect taxidermy. People think that's weird and people don't like it. Um, But you have to support and, like, support your passions passionately or else other people will define you.
0: Mm, That's a good one. Well, thank you so much, Kendall, for kind of giving us the one twos on dating. I hope this helped everybody out there. Basically, we learned to ask questions that not only... That 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 are also that that in, evoke your personality. That also challenge share. the person that you're with. Like yes. challenge them
1: to show more of themselves in the questions that you ask. And go for the questions that expose
0: vulnerability. Yeah,
1: exactly. Maybe even write some down ahead of time because yes. it's hard to come up with some on the top of your head, especially if you like you think someone's cute. You're like, what was that question that I? Mm-hmm. So I mean, writing some down. Like practice asking with your friends. It's a great like icebreaker. Yeah. I have a book of like over 200 questions.
0: That, Which like, book I ask is this? People. Because I love things like that. I have a set of cards. I can't remember it. I just wrote it down. Like, it's a book that I kind of... Tweet me yeah. at Jeannie Mai if you want to know the set of cards that I have, and I'll find it at home, but it's great. They have oh, amazing cool. questions. What's your book called?
1: Um. Oh, no, I just wrote it. Uh-oh. So I just, like, wrote oh, down questions, like, as, like, people ask. I, I just kind of figure them out and ask them. Kendall, plug your publish book. I know. It. I should publish it, well, right? Uh, oh, it's uh, not public. No. Don't that's my idea. I'll find you. Okay. <laughs> that's
2: also great, well, because you... Really, the questions also... What you ask, I think you can sh- share about yourself, mm-hmm. not just learn from the other person.
1: Exactly. But like the, It has like, to be two-way. Can't yeah, it just be right. all going towards one
0: person? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It has to go back and forth. So you get to... That's so cool. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. Do check out Kendall's podcast down to date anywhere podcasts are played. And I really, really hope to hear the best outcome out of you and Joe because you just—you you guys seem like you were made for each other.
1: Yeah. Keep us posted. <laughs> I shall. I shall. I'm sure it will be
0: uh, out there. All right. To your wedding. <laughs> yes, <laughs> everyone's invited. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going. I'm too tired. Yeah. Not right I want to thank everybody for listening to this podcast. <laughs> Do share it with your friends and make sure to comment. Um, everywhere that you're listening to this podcast, do comment because I love reading your guys' comments. Dennis and I kind of pour through them to see what topics you guys like to talk about. And I always post my podcasts on my Instagram, The My, and there in the comments, I read every little piece of shit you guys are saying. So please do. Tell me if you like the podcast. Tell me what you want to hear more about. And just let me know where you're listening to the podcast too because I like knowing exactly where my podcast is being featured. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Kendall. Happy dating out there. Bye.